Hello, my name is Janice B. Gordon. This is Scale Your Sales Podcast. Welcome to the Scale Your Sales Podcast, listed number nine of 42 best podcasts for every sales professional in 2021. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, recommended by LinkedIn as one of 15 innovative sales influencers to follow in 2021. In today's episode of Scale Your Sales podcast, my guest is a sales enablement pro, but not only a pro, more of a Jedi master. So she shared her experience as a senior uh, sales leader. She said that she's been on the buyer side and on the seller side, but really helped organizations to implement sales enablement programs. So talk about some of the, the pitfalls, also talking about diversity and her hopes for diverse teams and why it's really important, shared her three pillars. Um, and one of them is really about being focused on the your customer, being focused on, you know, applying um, empathy, really understanding them, but also their future as well, setting goals as well, and really being focused on the strategic goals, not only your internal as a seller, but also the customer's strategic goals when you're creating a sales enablement program. So there's so much that's packed into this. So she's a dedicated and passionate and results-driven sales leader with an extensive experience in sales. So my next guest has led global business sales enablement programs from inception to successful conclusion across organizations like Expedia, Deliveroo and Vodafone. Experienced in working and directing diverse sales teams globally, she has been awarded Enablement Executive of the Year SE Pro, Sales Enablement Pro 2022. Welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, Laura Valerio. Thank you, Janice. It's a great pleasure to be here with you today. Uh, well, it's a pleasure having you um, on the podcast because I know that you've got the Sales Enablement of the Year Pro 2022. So it's such an honour having you here and you've done great things with, with um, Vodafone and I know that we'll, we'll talk about that. So as a Master Jedi in Sales Enablement, what I'd really like to ask you is really what are the pitfalls that you see other organisations um, what do, pitfalls do they fall into? And perhaps, you know, like what, how you manage to avoid them to have the great success? That's a great question. Uh, I've not just seen, I've experienced some of the pitfalls. And uh, I have to say, it's not just the company. Sometimes it's uh, on the sales enabler experience, really to educate the company on how to best implement a sales enablement function. Sales enablement is a new, new function, um, especially in Europe. I started here um, back in 2016. After an excessive experience in sales, I joined and I discovered my passion for, for sales enablement. Uh, I had big learnings in my in my career 
So what companies tend to do when they establish a sales enablement function is to give you a long list of problems or things to solve, as if you were the expert of the broken things. And, uh, and so um, one of my first approaches was, uh, okay, let's go through that list and uh, let's make sure that I solve for all these issues so I can build my trust and credibility across the sales leadership team. What happened was that at the beginning, everyone was really happy and I received a lot of uh, you know, positive comments and uh, I thought, wow, I'm going the right direction. But because this list was never ending, actually a lot of more um, issues or challenges were thrown to, um, to, to sales enablement. I went back to with a plan and I said, hey, I need more resources and I need more budget because I need to do X, Y, Z. But because I was doing my work so well, nobody was seeing the need for change. Nobody was seeing the need of, um, you know, um, changing the way I was solving for things. I was a great problem solver. And so I thought I needed to take a step back and think about, you know, what am I doing wrong? Why people are not seeing the North Star? And uh, that's when I really learned that taking a step back and uh, getting to a more strategic approach is the best way to avoid pitfall and to avoid that the function is just seen as a very tactical function to, to say, hey, um, you know, my, my sellers don't know how to position this product and here is the training. Or for example, my sellers cannot find the content. Oh, here is the new technology that can help you find the content easily. But actually, what you need to do is to step back to all from all these requests and uh, one, understand your final outcome. What's destination? What is it that you want to achieve? And on the other side, take the time to analyze the current situation so that before you start climbing that mountain, you know exactly, you know, what are the actions that you need to do to climb the mountain. But the vision and mountain need to be the first thing you think about. And then you re-engineer the process back. And then you need to think about, okay, what are the initiatives that I need to build? What are the capabilities? And, um, you know, how do I create the strong foundations for these for, for this um, new function to really succeed. And it's by selling the vision, selling the impact that you can uh, really avoid all the different uh, pitfalls that are you know, um, part of a new function that is, um, um, that is about to, I would say, um, um, that, 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 is, uh, that, that has just born. Do you know, I think it's really interesting that um, when you're given this list of tactical things to do, it's really difficult to prioritise, whereas actually you're saying that's the mistake many companies make. And you can't break out of that because, as you say, you're solving for these little tactical things and there's no real priority. And you're solving the problem, but you're actually losing the war, aren't you? <laughs> and so I, I understand you've got to start at a strategic level and that helps you to prioritize this tactical list. What's important and what really isn't important in getting you to your, your ultimate goal. I, I, I really love that because that's a, it's not just in sales enablement, that's, 
that's really in all transformational program. If you want something to change, you've really got to start with where do you want to get to? What's the outcome? What what's the big vision? And even when you're talking to your customers as well, yeah. you need to understand what is their big vision? What are they trying to do? Where yeah. you know, before you actually come up with a solution. And I think that's the problem the the problem with often salespeople that have a product um uh, selling a product or service they're very focused on selling that without the big picture of what the ultimate goal of the that the customer is trying to achieve so i think that relates on several different levels yeah it's uh, it's about for example um some of the big blockers to the enablement function or the silo approach or for example a um like a company where you know you don't have clear roles or responsibilities or clear processes it's very hard because um enablement is a collaborative discipline and so if you don't have this or if you don't create this culture of collaboration within the company it becomes really diff difficult to um to um to work as a function to succeed as a function and especially you know i like uh, when you bring up the customer the customer is actually our uh, our main objective and it's all about uh, providing our customer the best customer experience and i can only do that if i really understand what the customer want and ultimately what my customer's customer want yeah yeah i i love that and companies are often so internally focused yeah. uh, on their tactical problems solving this. If we solve this, we'll be fine. But actually, you, you know, the goal, and so you're right, it's not just then the, the seller's goal that is the priority, but actually what's the point in the seller's goal and if it doesn't meet the outcomes of their key customers and their customers are trying to meet the outcomes of their customers. So which, which one takes priority? Is it the internal ultimate goal? Yeah, you've got sh shareholders or actually is it the customer's ultimate outcomes that you know should be the priority because then if you solve for that, you're going to meet your, in, your, your business goals, aren't you? Yeah, and actually the two things should go in parallel. Mm. If you think about, um, so I was reading one of the last Forrester report that was saying that um, after the pandemic, um, in 63% of um, the cases of the buying processes have more than four people within the organization involved in the buying process. When you think about from a sales enablement perspective to enable your sellers to sell, it's not just about enabling the immediate buyer. But it's about enabling, you know, everyone who is um, part of this uh, customer experience. It's about knowing what finance think about your solution or um, what procurement think. And it's about being able to identify who are my stakeholders across in, you know, in, in, my, in, in my customers that I need to go and influence. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, within the company, if we don't have this, this culture of collaboration across sellers, uh, finance, and all the um, cross functions that collaborate with the seller, it's very difficult to provide this consistent experience to our, to our customers. And I've been a buyer before becoming a seller. Mm. And this has been one of the you know, experiences that has been eye-opening for me. 
because as a as a buyer, I really understood when I was pitching my when I was pitching solutions that I wanted to buy across my organizations. I I needed to educate my organization, and for example, I needed to educate finance. I needed to educate product. I needed to educate marketing about why that solution would have been a game changer for that company. So if you shift perspective and uh, you now become a seller, you need to understand not just what the immediate buyer wants, but what the organization that is behind the buyer is thinking about it. What are the potential challenges? How can I educate my immediate buyer to sell my solution across their organization? Yeah. Yeah. And who you're right and who they're, they're actually selling it to, because if they they're having to sell it to finance, the 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 way they communicate it, what's going to be important to their internal customers in finance is going to be different to marketing. They're, they're all measured by slightly different KPIs. Right. And so even though you've got one business goal, they're all looking at it from different perspectives because they have different measures. So it's using those right drivers for, for the right departments. Interesting. Absolutely. And, yeah. uh, and in fact, uh, one of the experiences that I um, was developing at, at Vodafone was uh, how working together, sales enablement and marketing, working together on... Uh, uh, enabling sellers to pitch to different personas within the organization. What does a CFO cares about versus, for example, what, uh, what does a CMO cares about? And so one is more about efficiencies. How can I reduce cost? And uh, the CMO is how can I offer better experience to my, to my customer? How can I increase conversion? Um, and so it's, um, it's really making sure that you know, when you when you work with your customers, you take a holistic approach and you look at the buying process end to end and you really understand your customers in and out. I, I um, was reading from from your notes about your key pillars. Can you explain a little bit about that? Um, it's or you, you say it's always been your your thinking about customers customers to use these three pillars I really loved it when I think about creating a um, great customer experience uh, I, I always have uh, I always think about these three pillars and the first one is about having a holistic approach really know your customers and uh, understand you know what are their um, what are their challenges but also thinking inside the company um, you know what is what is happening what could be what, what could be the potential um, concerns or opportunities that you want to explore and um, and make sure that internally you educate not just the sellers to develop their own skills and capabilities and tools, but it's an organizational effort to provide this experience to, to customers. The second one is the second pillar is about empathy. And especially um, during the pandemic, um, it's not just about selling products, but it's um, it's uh, it's a lot. It, it's um, what I what I um, thought it, it it came even more important is the service that you provide, but it's also understanding their challenges and listening to you know what are the the, the issues that they they need to solve and be there for them um throughout the throughout the, their challenge and uh and especially um you know the ability of 
providing them with either answers or support when they need it. And the third one that I think is really important is about um, helping them see the future. It's, um, it's, um, it's make sure that you make their life easier, I say. And uh, what, is, uh, what is really important here, you know, um, usually when you are a seller, you have the privilege of seeing the different trends in the market. You, you have the privilege to see what are the uh, buyer's behaviors that are changing and uh, what are, are you know, my customers' customers' um, preferences. And it's about to share, you know, and to have an open and honest communication with, with your customer about what is happening and help them see the future. And potentially, you know, if you have this open and honest conversations, you can start thinking about how your solution and their solution can be put together to co-innovate. So I, um, I had these, these three pillars. And what I've seen in, uh, in my experience is that it helps not just um, you know having happy customers, uh, both new or you know existing ones, but the customers then become your promoters. They become your advocates, and that's when they start promoting your business to other customers. So um, and um, and as I said, I was experiencing it both as a buyer and uh, and as a seller. I have great ex experiences as a buyer and uh, and great experiences as a seller as well. But you found your love, which is sales enablement. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's so like it's, um, being a multiplier. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's really interesting um, your three pillars and and what you say mm -hmm. that you know if you create happy customer experiences, but then coming back into kind of like the the sellers and the sales environment, and I know as a, you as a as a sales leader. Um, have often been it the only woman in the room <laughs> and you know through all the years whether on the buying side or the the selling side I'm interested in your experience of working in in sales and you know whether you feel that uh, there's a way to go in terms of like diversity and allowing more people access to this great industry. That's a great question. And actually, what I've seen is that um, diversity has not progressed as fast as, um, as, uh, as technology. Um, and um, I have um, a uh, little story that happened to me a year ago. And where I, so in my uh, sales enablement team, I was the only one with a, a sales background. And so I was preparing a presentation to educate them on um, what's the life of a salesperson. How do they prepare for a meeting or um, how do they consume content and, and so on. And I usually do very visual presentations. So I was Googling um, the icon for a salesperson and you can do it yourself. You can go to Google and Google icon for a salesperson. I wanted to put this in my slide. And what I discovered is that 90% of the icons were men. And I had a haha moment thinking, oh, wow, you know, even the icons are more men than, than women. And, um, and so it's um, when you think about, you know, where, where we are, you know, we are 
a little bit behind uh, of where um, I thought we would have been nowadays in integrating more women in the workforce, especially because it's proven that when you have women in, in sales, your win rate improves and your quota attainment improves. So I'm a big fan of, uh, of diversity and boosting diversity. And what I have um, is I've, I've been lucky in, in my career to um, being a salesperson in a company that was doing a conscious effort about integrating more women and reward women uh, in uh, different stages of their life for their efforts. So um, I still remember that um, I was eight months pregnant. I had uh, an evening, I was alone, I was on the sofa and um, I was a big, uh, you know, FOMO moment. I was missing, it was a big um, event happening in my company where hundreds of people were meeting for an offsite and that was the award evening and I wasn't there. And so I thought, I was just thinking, who will they recognize? Who will they reward? And in that moment, I received a call and it was my boss. Um, and um, he, you know, at the time he said, Laura, it's me. And uh, you are now in front of uh, the whole EMEA team. And we want to tell you that you won that prize. And I won the um, business um, and developer of, of the year for the EMEA region. And this gave me such a big emotion, uh, not just because I, I was awarded a prize, but because it, it was a particular moment in my life. And I could see that that company was, um, you know, was recognizing my effort mm -hmm. and uh, was really thinking about, you know, diversity in all sorts and forms and how diversity can have some implications in life and in your work life. Mm -hmm. And so um, I know it's quite of a unique case. We need to have more of that because the story that I've heard are not like that one. And that's why I'm, uh, I'm sharing this story because I would like that more company think about how can I just not do a conscious effort to boost diversity, um, but how can I promote it? How can I make sure that this becomes part of our culture? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great story because you you um, um, and I have heard so many horrendous stories yeah. of women that are pregnant or when they go back in, into the workplace and how they're o overlooked for um, promotion or, I mean, just horrendous stories that, and we're not talking 10 years ago, we're no. talking present day, we hear it all the time. And these are stories that we share amongst ourselves, but we don't share it in the wider market. We don't share it with other, uh, many men are completely unaware of these things unless they're actually in that situation going for the same job um, and getting it over someone else that might be on maternity leave. And then when they come, come back, so it's horrendous what what happens what you know many women have to put up with and so we do need to be talking about it more openly so those that are not aware become aware of, of it as as well so yeah i agree with you. this is why i asked the question uh, uh, on the podcast because i want a diversity of views and experiences and we need to talk about this um so much so much more so i really do appreciate you sharing your own experiences so what tried and tested strategy would you offer listeners to enable them to scale their sales <laughs> 
Oh, wow. Um, <clears throat> one of the, uh, there are many ways in which you can scale your sales. And uh, one of the easy way to scale your sales is um, through a very clear and repeatable process. So um, one story that I have on, on scaling sales um, um, is linked to my, again, my experience, my recent experience at, at Vodafone. And we had to, um, uh, you know, we, one of the main needs uh, was about how do we accelerate pipeline and how do we, um, uh, you know, develop our accounts more strategically. And so um, what we did, we started from this need and uh, we developed a program to help our sellers to think more strategically um, and to um, develop our accounts in a way that was consistent, a consistent thinking across the company. So um, the first thing that we did was um, to go through the, um, the actual process and map it, map, map it and digitalize it and make it consistent and really understand what were the challenges that sales were uh, facing when developing a, an account. And for example, what we discovered talking to sales and, um, and getting their feedback was that they were actually not, they were more managing accounts rather than developing them. And um, the, the tools that were, they, were, they were using were, um, you know, all sorts of forms that were offline. It was uh, very hard then to, to collaborate. And, uh, and also, um, you know, there was not one consistent methodology across all of them. So what we did is we took all this feedback and it's what we heard. And then uh, as sales enablers, uh, we played a big role in... Uh, putting a structure in place, a process. And the first thing that we did, we, it was like clarify roles and responsibilities. What's the role of a salesperson versus uh, um, the service team versus the product team and, and so on. So clarify role, roles and responsibilities and then uh, digitalize the process and make sure that uh, it was easy for the sales team to, to, um, you know, to adopt the new CRM and to use the new CRM to put all their information or start getting insights from customers from the CRM. And at the same time, we, we developed two types of training, one for the uh, sales managers and one for the sales team, so that the sales manager could really become the coach and they could become the activators of this change. And uh, so we acted on different levels, the technology, the process, the people. And uh, what we found out is that we could, enablement creates the shell. It's the facilitator. But the real people who drove the change were the sales managers. It was them who drove the adoption of the new process who do, and the new technology and who started looking at the data. And because we had all the data in one place, they also boosted a culture of collaboration. So when it was about thinking, how do we develop this customer? It was not just sales, but there was service, there was customer success, and all the, it was easier to share the information and create this collaboration across teams that could look at the customer from different angles and put a new perspective. So my suggestion, um, if I have to, you know, to, to somebody who is new and think, is thinking about how do I scale, is pick the process that you think would drive the, um, you know, the quickest and uh, 
highest growth. And think about how can you make it scalable and repeatable and consistent across the organization. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that, Laura. So if you're on a desert island, what is the one thing you would take with you? <laughs> uh, so you would be surprised. Uh, I would take a phone with me. And uh, the reason why is not because I'm mobile addicted, um, it's um, it's the, the 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 true reason is that I'm people addicted. I'm, you know, I'm one of those people who um, really likes being with people, working with them or with friends and family. It's, uh, you know, it's the energy, it's the warmth, it's uh, the especially on the work side, it's the the co-creation. That's why I'm missing the office uh, in this moment. It's uh, like this moment of collaboration in which you put a lot of ideas together to innovate. Lovely, lovely. Um, I'm going to send over some people to your house. Don't you worry, you'll <laughs> never be alone again, all right? <laughs> and I will be ready, you know. <laughs> I might be bringing a bottle of champagne with them, though. <laughs> and being Italian, I will bring the food. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> so how can listeners get hold of you? It's very easy. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, and uh, I would say that's the social channel that I use the most. Um, so please, um, you know, look at my profile on LinkedIn, reach out to me. And um, if you have any questions, ping uh, me anytime. I'm uh, very, very happy to be connected. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for giving us your insight and experience of uh, working as a buyer and seller and sales enablement in which you love and highly, highly um, commended. So thank you for being a guest on Scale Your Sales podcast, Laura Valerio. Thank you very much, Janice. A pleasure to be here with you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scale Your Sales podcast. If you like this discussion, feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the caption show on YouTube and subscribe to future episodes. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on iTunes. Thank you.